I went to Edinburgh quite a lot of times when I was younger, taking a show there in the past. I intended to go to Edinburgh when I left Lancaster, but one, one thing and another, I ended up in London. But in an alternative universe, I was living in Edinburgh. This is going to be the first of these special shows which get better acquainted with locations. There'll be a lot more coming up. This is actually one of the last ones I've recorded of them, so I've done a few already. Uh, so today, we are going to be getting better acquainted with Edinburgh. But I'm not there yet. I'm currently in London, early for a train. Hello, I'm Dave. I'm the guy that's putting all this stuff together. I need to get better. Please make me better. I want to get better. Better. Better acquainted with you. So I am sitting in the Starbucks in St Pancras Station. I've arrived one and a half hours early for the train, which was my intention. That is one train that I am not going to miss. And I am going to the Edinburgh Festival. There's a couple of reasons I'm going. One is basically I am stag-doing. I'll be stag-doing some stuff with some friends and some possible friends who I haven't met yet. We're going there to celebrate a friend's upcoming wedding. I'm always a bit nervous about stag do's, but they always turn out fine in the end. I always think, oh my God, lots of men together. That's going to be really hard for me to deal with because I am not as masculine as I'd like. So I always think, oh God, it's going to be terrible. And then it has so far always turned out very nice because uh, you know what? Men are people too and, and they can talk about their feelings and talk about stuff that isn't the objectification of women. And hey, you know, at the end of the day, I'm a man and so I can't really opt out of the ability to objectify women occasionally. And I'm not sure what's going to go on with this stag doing stuff so we may get too drunk or there may be other requirements on my uh, time because at the end of the day one of the things about this weekend is I'm going to have to balance being a friend that is there to celebrate a friend's experience and being a podcaster who is there to record my experience for Edinburgh and get a sense of the festival and share that with my listeners. Last week I had a conversation with a friend of mine called Lily. She is going up to the festival this weekend, actually, although not with me. And we talked about going to the festival and her experiences of it and my experiences of it. I went up to the Edinburgh Fringe for the first time last year. Some of my friends, while well, they were going up with the comedy group, I was invited, even though I didn't really know most of the group very well. I did some help flyering them. And while I was in Edinburgh, I saw a lot of spoken word which was very, very inspiring. It was like this sudden bolt, and I thought, oh, um, I'd kind of... I'd not really done, seen much poetry in that format before, and it was really... I guess it opened my eyes to the whole thing. I kind of discovered it there, and I thought, hmm, this is... It just kind of worked in the back... It worked away in the back of my mind. I don't think there was a moment where I thought I should do this, or not an immediate moment where I thought I should do this, but it was clearly working your way back there and yeah, then it just came out somewhere it's funny how ideas do that they sort of take their own time and then they and then they just bubble to the front yeah i've been to the edinburgh festival back in the day when i was at university i took a, a show there and i, I went oh. there every year as well it sort of around that time it's a very uh, intensely inspirational place i think if yeah. you're in the right mode when you're there 
I think if you've got enough money to go and see shows, that's important. I went once yeah. to Edinburgh and I had no money and it was very annoying because, you know, at, at Edinburgh you can take a chance. Hmm. But <laughs> if you can't afford that chance to be a bad one, then you get much more bitter if you see a bad <laughs> show. Whereas if you can hmm. afford it, you can you can go, oh, let's just see everything. Let's just And so it can be really intoxicating. I really enjoy hmm. Edinburgh. I mean, it's interesting you say that. I think I was quite lucky last year because I really was. I mean, I was broker this time last year. I was uh, broker right, than okay. I've ever, ever been. So I didn't, you know, I was, a lot of what I was seeing was either free or very cheap fringe stuff. Well, that's changed since when I used to go. There wasn't oh. a free fringe when I went, when I, when, uh, I, when, I, when, yeah. I, when I had no money. I definitely would say, it's, from what I've heard, because that was the last time I went to Edinburgh. I'm going mm. again this coming weekend. Oh, right. And... Yeah, I think it's going to be very different with the free That'll fringe. be part of a longer conversation that's completely devoted to her that will be coming out uh, in the future. Sit back, relax, and think about a city filled with people making art, making comedy, making theatre, making literature, making films, making circus stuff on the streets, just a hell of a lot of people making a hell of a lot of stuff some of which will fail some of which will succeed beautiful little drops in the ocean you don't know what to expect next let's go so, Edinburgh Waverley Station is this where you've, you've come in before when you come to Edinburgh guys? yep the last time I took this train was 2003 it's quite a way away now first day of the festival today Had shows up here since, since the beginning of the week, I think. They're, they're, yeah, but they're previews. Yeah. This is the first official day. Yes. So we're walking up out of Edinburgh Station. The riot group. Ah, there you go. I remember the first time me and you, Richard, came to Edinburgh together. You would just walk off in any direction with the map say this was definitely the right way to go and then half an hour later we would realise you were just bluffing. Because you'd back round all these houses. Yeah. <laughs> so you, you weren't bluffing. But after the first time you were wrong, <laughs> didn't you get a, an idea of a pattern forming? <laughs> No, because the first time you might be think, well, I've been wrong once now, so there's a good chance that next time I'll have learned from that mistake and I'll be a lot better adept to meeting my friends. Yeah, we're walking up some steps. They're quite hard to walk up. The thing I remember about these steps is that someone got mugged on them in the Irving Welsh book, The really? Filth, yeah, in the fiction. Yeah, it's quite fun reading Irving Welsh, if you know Edinburgh quite well. Bad idea to start a cigarette before those steps.
going out into. Oh god, what the fuck is that? I should know Queen Street. Royal Mile. Royal Mile, of course. Into the Royal Mile. A bloke dressed as a woman in sequins. Yeah. The, new, the usual, usual sights of the festival. So, also while I'm there, like I said, I'm going to be podcasting my experience of Edinburgh and my memories of Edinburgh. So I'm waiting for my breakfast in a pub. Uh, in the morning, 10 o'clock in the morning on a Saturday, first Saturday of the Edinburgh Fringe Festival. Um, full breakfast, no mushrooms, that's the way I like it. just felt I should take a moment to sort of talk about Edinburgh. So I came here first in the year 2000. The first time I came I was just coming to see some shows and I fell in love uh, with the city. I didn't just fall in love with the shows, although I did. I mean, as someone who had been at uni doing the kind of theatre I didn't like, uh, to come to somewhere where there was all sorts of theatre coming on, even like plays with actual scripts and stuff and acting, and uh, also comedy and music and all sorts of things, and it just happens all the time, like 24-7. We were here for four days and we went to so many shows you would just be lining them up with your fringe guide planning the entire day. I came here every year anyway for a while and I took a show here. So I lived here for three weeks or something and we did the show. And during that time, you know, I, I, I really learned my way around Emra. Uh, so now coming back, I really know my way around the city. The moment I remember really vividly from that was at the end, the, on the last day we did our show, I went to see my mum for a drink and then I was meeting everybody else for the sort of end of show drinks and I remember running across from one side of Edinburgh to the other not stopping actually because I was I'd been doing a year of dance and then I'd been doing a physical show so I was really fit running in the sunshine from one side of Edinburgh to the other across these beautiful streets with beautiful houses cobbled streets often the contrast of these old beautiful streets and old buildings with history in them and all of these different people trying to make new things uh, some of them successfully some of them not but everyone that's what I like about this place that everyone's trying to make something that's interesting and everyone's out on the street trying to get people to go to see their shows and so there's no stigma in promoting your work which is often a thing that you worry about as someone who makes things that you don't want to be always going on at people come and see my show come and see my show in an annoying way but it's not like that at Edinburgh everyone's doing it I mean, it's ridiculous. You walk down the Royal Mile and you get a hundred flyers in your hands, which I guess is a really big waste of the world's resources and uh, you can't go to see all of those shows. Somehow still I love it. Normally I hate advertising, I hate flyers, I hate everything, but somehow something about the fringe means that normal rules don't apply. The normal rules of the city don't apply because it's a very different city, as far as I understand it, when the fringe is on. It's like you're in a different time, in a different world where the rules are different and that's great I really enjoy that the last time I came here I mean I guess I had one of the worst moments in my life really in, in Edinburgh yeah so I sat in front of the fringe office in the rain Jen who I'd come to Edinburgh with we we travelled up to Edinburgh on a bus that was a big mistake from London to Edinburgh on a bus was hard uh, and long and uncomfortable we couldn't afford the train though and when we got here we tried to see as many shows as possible, but the ones that were bad really mattered because we'd paid for them and we didn't have any more money, so you held it against them. 
and I was sat in front of the fringe office, my back against the window in the rain. Jen had gone off to see a friend, and I just felt like there was nothing good in the universe. I can remember the glass against my back really vividly, and I was right. I wrote a poem about how oh, there's nothing good in the universe. I mean, not something I would ever share with anyone. Really, it wasn't even very good, but it was about how. You know, I was fatally flawed, and the universe was fatally flawed, and you could have no love and hope and stuff like that, which I don't really believe. But I did believe then, at that moment, completely. That's why I remember it so vividly because it was, I guess, it was a, a rock bottom point for my emotions. And I guess since then, gradually things have got better and better and better. I've got more of a grasp on this adult life. I think the thing was that was just at a point in our lives where, ah, oh, you know. We didn't know what the hell we were going to do. We didn't know how to make this life adult thing work because no one teaches you how to do that. And when you get thrown into it, whatever age you are, you, you have to sort of sink or swim. And we weren't sinking, but we weren't swimming. We were just in a sort of point where we were going underwater, breathing in the water, thinking that we wouldn't be able to breathe again. But then we managed to get out. So that happened to me in Edinburgh. And some wonderful times happened to me in Edinburgh. Some really great people I've met and great shows I've seen here. And I'm really happy to be back here again to break this kind of spell of that dark moment that I had. Uh, and to, to, to see it for all of its life and excitingness and happiness. And I mean, it's, you know, there's annoying things about it. A lot of drunk people, pushy people trying to get you to see their shows, which... It's sometimes annoying, even though I said it wasn't. But it's alive. It's a really alive time. And it's a really alive place to be. And what's nice, I guess, is that it's a place where, during this festival, where art seems the most important thing. If you're at the festival, anyway. I mean, whether that's comedy, which is art, or it's music, or it's literature, or it's theatre, or it's dance or it's experimental stuff it's the most important thing you know and there's no differentiations you you walk down the street you see circus performers then you walk into a high theater then you walk into comedy there's there's no sense of you know it's either good or it's bad but it doesn't matter where it comes from it doesn't matter if it's opera or it's a show about comic books or it's a show about nirvana or it's a show about love or it's a show about war or it's a show about being a reporter and going uh, to Rwanda which I saw one, one year which was a great show it doesn't matter where it comes from it matters if it's good or it's bad and it's all kind of equal here on the fringe and yeah it's good to be here it's good to feel alive and I will also be doing a couple of interviews with people who happen to be in Edinburgh. Getting better acquainted with Kerry at the Pleasance Courtyard in Edinburgh. Have you been, you've been to the festival as a performer before? Yes, it's my fifth festival. Fifth, is that, so you're a, vet, you're a hardened veteran. <laughs> um, well, the first time I came to the Fringe, I was 18 and I was um, in a musical. And then the next time I came back was in 2009 when I met Carrie and Charlotte. Oh right, there you go. Yeah, so. And you're and you're and you're flying your show as well as, yes. as performing it yes, as as everybody does. Yes. Um, and so it's quite. Are you finding the the regime quite grueling already? 
It's okay, it's not. I think it's really important when you're in a show to market it yourself as well. Yeah, definitely. I mean, we've got a flying team and they're fantastic as well, but I think it's, it's so important because, you know, it's... No one really knows your show as well as you do. You're the best advert for it as well. You are your show. I you can sing, you can, you can do it all. You've yeah. got an invested interest in it really as well. And I think that's really important. And I think it's it's really nice actually when you're kind of um, flowering and you'll see kind of a lot of very kind of established acts that will be flying their own show. And I think that's that's so nice yeah. because, you know, it shows they're, they're in it. They want to market their own show. Well, that's what I like about Edinburgh. It's so organic. You see people down the street, and they're all promoting their own show, yep. and it's like a reverse mirror world. And I don't mind being given flyers. I'll take them all. I won't necessarily go to them all because there's a, there's a lot. You what we're going to be doing is going to see some comedy. So we're going to see Tim Key tonight, uh, doing his Master Slut. Tim Key is a comedian who I like very much. So we're well. So I'm not doing this with headphones, which is a confusing thing, because uh, it would look more weird than it already does. Well, we're in the QC Tim Key Master Slut. What do you think that it's going to be like, Tim? I don't know, because I don't really know anything about him. You've not seen him at all? Nope. I've heard of him. That's all the fun of the Fringe, though. Right? Yeah, absolutely. So you're coming to this on a recommendation of a friend? recommendation of a friend, yeah. So, which is good. And he's bought me the ticket, so I cannot complain. That is a perfect situation. Hello. Uh, um, yes. Okay. Yeah, how would you describe the Tip Tim Key show? That's a good question. It's a hard one. Would the lads question. have liked it? Some, I think some of them would. Some of them would, yeah. Some of them probably I think, wouldn't. like, the guy who said that he was into Stuart Lee would have liked that. I think Jed would have liked it. Yeah. Yeah, I think so, yeah. Would have liked it? Yeah. Yes. Did Tim like it? Yes. Did Dave like it? Yes. Did Matt like it? Yes. The thing that really pulls it off, I think, is he's like... It's not like really in your face, it's really just, you know, you're just warm to it. Yeah. You don't often get with it. Exactly. To be honest, it's a little bit like being with Tim when he's a bit drunk at a party where he's being a little bit kind of getting under your skin, yeah, but he's, he's pally, so you love him, but he's getting under your skin again. But you love him because he's happy, he just draws in, draws away. And then I just go off and have a bath. Yeah, there's a bath in it. There's a bath. There's a bath. Is he a naked? No. 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 It's, it's like he does like a split screen. Well, there's like a big screen behind it. So when he goes into the bar, it, yeah. it cuts to the screen where you see his face at first, and then the second time you see his face, well, it's like a and then the yeah, back. and then a, and a woman kisses like him, and the third time he jumps completely in the bar, like and you see him swim down. It's, it's surreal in a way. Right? It's quite surreal. There's no there's no plot to it. He just reels off. Ah, well, I would say that it's not one of those laugh out loud all the time. There's but the good thing like is, there's, like cerebral there's a lot of smiling, yeah. brain laugh. but there's a lot of different laughs, like people laugh at different things. Yeah, it's not exactly a brain laugh. Brain laugh's not exactly right. Sometimes it's a brain laugh, but sometimes it's really, like, there's a lot of rude words in it. So I've like to see this show. It seems like a very it, enigmatic show. I've got to say it was really good. But I wouldn't necessarily say it's the funniest comedy I've ever seen. But it, it, it's moving. moving? It's, there, there are moments that are moving, but oddly, and you don't, and then they stop being moving very quickly. Does it work? 
Yeah, I think it works. Is it like a new style of comedy? It's not necessarily new, Hello, it's Timothy. similarly new. Like there's, there's been stuff like it before, but not 100% like it. We're going to Card Ninja, which I have no idea what the hell that is. Right, so we're at the, what's it, the George, Assembly George, Assembly, assembly Rooms at George Street. Uh, and we're just about to go in to see Card Ninja. Yep. This is Tim, whose stag I'm on. Now, Hello. what is what is what is what? what are, why are we going to Card Ninja? What have you heard because, about it? Um, it's apparently a comedian stroke magician called Card Ninja. What more do you want to know? It's going to be ace. So is that, are we're just going on the strength of the name. We're going on the strength of the name. So I've heard people have said he's really good. And he's a we hope so. Magician uses cards and comedy. I presume he does some sort of card throwing as well. Hence the Card Ninja stuff. So well, you know. Last could be the de danger of death in there. That, that's always fun. So what do people think of Card Ninja? Very entertaining. Yeah? Very good. Yes. Very, he was a very versatile performer. I thought it was, a lot, of, I thought it was a, lot of, a lot of fun. I like the stuff with the, uh, with the audience the best, yeah. I think. Yeah, he was very confident. After a while, he, he swore a lot in an adult in a, in a, in a family show, yeah, which which I which he said bollocks as well. Yeah, he said piss, and he nearly said shit. But I like that. In, that. I like that in my family show. No, I, he, he can get away with it because he's from New Zealand as well. And yeah. then, so people forgive him, I think. Would you would you recommend it to someone, Richard? I guess if you're looking for something fun to do at one o'clock in the afternoon. I, I think I would recommend it's a good it. Good warm up, isn't it? A good warm up for uh, a day of seeing stuff because it is very going to get to you. It's going. I definitely recommend it to families. Yeah. yeah I think it's really good family show. Yeah. Would you recommend it to people, Tim? Definitely. Definitely. Very interactive. Very funny. That's something a bit different. Something a bit different. Really. Yeah, cool. yeah. It was. It was unusual, and you did get a sense that he spent a lot of his life learning how to do those tricks as well. <laughs> I mean, you must have done in order to get that far with him. How much do you want to buy if I get a card and try it? Oh, oh God, yeah. I'm afraid to point something immediately. Oh, I'm <laughs> He was throwing them. Who's the card's broken? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I, I want to be able to do that. That's the, but that's always the problem with ninjas. You go, oh, yeah, that would be brilliant, but there's a lot of work involved. There are, I've seen someone do that before, throw it into a watermelon. There's a guy who can throw, apparently throw one over a house, a card over a house. Throw a card oh, over a house? Yeah. I, it's the guy uh, who, what? Have, have you seen the James Bond film, Tomorrow Never Dies? <laughs> is it James Bond? The bad guy who's in the, with a big beard, he's a, he's a magician and a card thrower, and he can throw right. one over a house. I definitely would recommend it to people <laughs> with children um, who wanted to go and have fun. And I think it's, like you say, I think it's a good warm-up. If you're going out to a night of comedy, it's a good warm-up act. Yeah. Because you don't get warm-up acts in, in the Edinburgh Fringe, do you? You get a whole show, so you have to provide your own warm-up. Yeah, a I think lot, that's... A lot of laughs, got everyone smiling, it did its job. What, what did you think about the swearing? Um, I'm surprised, but it, kind of, <laughs> it was weird, because it was like just slipped in so naturally that no one made a big deal out of it. Well, well, it's, no, it's, it's, well he, he made a big deal about it. He yeah. said, I'm going to do it without swearing, because it's a family show. Bollocks! <laughs> He didn't actually oh, do it. He didn't like, do it that quick. You can get away with that. You can't. Not with the under fives, mate. No, they say I'm Blue Peter. Well, <laughs> what? Yeah, Sesame Street. Street. Bullshit. It was the word of the day on Sesame Street. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Today is brought to you by shit and so cock. Would you now go to his stand-up show? I thought I might right. go to his stand-up show. Yeah, I'd, I'd be interested to see the contrast. Yeah. Well, he's obviously got a story to tell as well. Like yeah. he's obviously 
given up his life to do something. Yeah, very niche. Yeah. It's quite hard at one o'clock in the afternoon as well. Yeah, he came out saying good evening, didn't he? It wasn't evening. But I think there's as well. Because in the evening, everyone's had a few drinks and they're all kind of ready to kind of get involved in something. At one o'clock in the afternoon, you're a bit more withdrawn. Absolutely. It's how you frame it, isn't it? And ready to cheer when you pierce a watermelon. Yeah. Well, the thing is how you frame it because he said things could go wrong. And he said that it wouldn't always work. It meant there was more tension about whether it would work, you know. And it meant that you forgave him when it didn't work. You know, it was, it was, it was well framed. Because otherwise, if he, if he did come on and said every time I throw this card, it's going to be amazing, <laughs> we would have we would have all been like, oh, he's rubbish. But because he was like, it's really hard to do this. It's going to go wrong. Expect it to go wrong. It, yeah. That made it the tension so much more fun. Yeah. Yeah. In the afternoon, we are going to be going to Moon Horse which is the show being done in Edinburgh by MJ Hibbert who you, you can hear doing a conversation for getting better acquainted he went out last week okay instantaneous review of Moon Horse from uh, MJ Hibbert and Steve good honest fun good honest fun wow wow that's good that's like a tweet you should get on Twitter uh, I've done reviews in the past I like my succinct <laughs> reviews Useful. Jed Matthews available for paid writing work. I don't. I don't like to ramble on. I don't just like to sit there and just talk and talk and talk. I like to keep it nice and succinct. So I think like the long rambling reviews <laughs> takes up everyone's time. It's really interesting. I'm just basically someone enjoying the sound of their own voice droning on forever. And Not like anyone else get a word in Edgeworth. And Richard, I want jumping in all the time, <laughs> cutting people off. What's What's your review of Weedos? Forever neighbor. At uh, five o'clock at the Buff Club. PM, that is. Edinburgh. Very right, yeah, good, enjoyable. Um, I think it'll be interesting to see it at the end of the run, see how it sort of it Yeah, I think it's very it's much a first not first day of a show. I can't see it improving that much on what they've got. Yeah, I, think, I, think I thought that the fact that they kept forgetting stuff was quite kind of, in a, a, kind of a nice thing about it. Okay, well, I'm not really. Okay, what did you I, know, I thought it was good. It's sort of harebrained comedy, very funny. Yeah, there was. It was really nice how it kind of suddenly became a really good satire when you hadn't been expecting it for the first. The guys, the guys from the show have now nieces away from us, so that's all right. You can. So we got to review it. The They're going the other way, so you're right. The political edge seems a bit dated. Well, it's not that dated. That's an interesting question. Well, I mean, the Margaret Thatcher thing. Well, you you actually stepped out of the room for the song where they they joined into the modern modern world. There was a there was a very very succinct joining up of it. Actually, I got to say, yeah, I thought the guy with the glasses was MJ Hibbert. Great, really good, really entertaining, really funny. You know, and you weren't so keen on the other guy, Steve. No, he, he seemed like a nice book. Yeah, but you thought he wasn't quite as good well, as He's not before. much of a performer, is he? Okay. I think he'd say that himself. So, would you recommend the show? Jed? Yes. Yeah. Richard? Yeah. yeah. More, more than Card Ninja? It's free, of it. It's a free thing, you can go along with it. And it's all context because we hightailed over here and got absolutely drenched. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So. And we went. I went in pretty grumpy, wanting to hate the show. Well, I think some people I'm, mostly to annoy you. I think I'm some people carried on hating it. But they won me over. They won over my hatred. All right. Well, that's that's an excellent pithy review there. Jeff. Okay. What, what would your review of the show be? 
thought it was a five-star performance from all involved. Well, with the possible exception of Moonhorse, who I felt started off very strongly, but the performance tapered off a little bit towards the end, possibly because of a bit of a fatigue, That's maybe due to the chains. It's an inanimate object, Moonhorse, which is why it's yeah. funny. Don't speak, don't speak of such, well, such just, words of Moonhorse. I'm just saying that, you know, just to yeah. give context. I believe, I, I believe in Moonhorse. Yeah, fair enough. So, <laughs> did you like it? Yeah, I really liked it. I'm glad I looked out and you brought me here. So, oh, that, yeah. that's quite fantastic. I think the whole audience enjoyed it. Yeah, there were some kids there as well. It kind of had a family. We've weirdly, on a stag night, gone to family shows so far. Yeah. So, did you like the show? Yeah, it was, it was fun, yeah. Genuinely, like. Almost worth catching pneumonia. Oh, it was a lot of rain on the way here. That is very true. I want, I want to get a negative review from someone at some point. <laughs> Just because, just for balance, just for artistic. I gave Moonhorse a negative review. You gave, you did. It's kind of unfair. To <laughs> yeah, yeah, I like that. Say. So, Tim, you yeah. thought it was so-so. Yeah, some of the songs were really good. It started off a bit slow, but then it's, it's the first, first, first show, first, yeah, exactly. first day so, of the show. But fair yeah, enough. I mean, they were very good. They were very competent, very warm. The audience warmed them a lot. So, yeah, I mean, would you recommend it? Um, to who? Depends on the person. I think. Who would you recommend it to? People who enjoy music yeah, yeah. would enjoy it. Some of the lyrics were very witty. People who it got it got chuckles. So what did you think of it? I really enjoyed it. Really? Yeah, I quite enjoyed political. I thought that was nice, wasn't it? I rather enjoyed it. Well, you didn't expect it. No. I didn't think it was going to suddenly become satire, and then yeah. whoa, it was. It was quite amusing. Yeah, yeah. That made it a lot more enjoyable. Yeah, I think that's when it took off for me as well, actually. Yeah. The concept of it is quite strange. It's going it, to be it annoying takes, that we have Moon Horse in our heads for the whole it, it, entire rest it of the takes, I think it, the thing is, it takes a moment to adapt to the idea of two guys putting on wigs, doesn't it? I think that's a... <laughs> and singing about a poem. What did you guys think of it? I like the satire stuff. I was less interested in the other stuff, so... That's say, fair? Yeah, but I did, I did like the Thatcher stuff. Was w- would you recommend it? Um, I probably would, especially since it's free. It's free, that's a great yeah, thing. And what about you? Friend. It filled me with complicating and confusing emotions. <laughs> wow. What, what were those complicating and confusing emotions? Well, I like parts of it, but there were bits which felt like they were 10 year olds putting on a play, and then there were bits where they suddenly jumped to being 40 year olds and having, you know, political satire and those parts of it. So, bits of it, yeah, certainly, but I stroked off through a couple of bits. That's an interesting Through Not as in that. The pony was. Who would you recommend yeah. to you? I'll say kids would probably kids. enjoy it quite a lot. more important matter was Moonhouse the reason you stroked tough? Uh, yeah, basically. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> okay, thanks for clarifying. Fantastic, well, there you go. There's a, a review yeah, of Moonhouse from a lot of people. If I can persuade some of the stags to integrate conversations recorded on mic uh, into their stag night experience. Not sure how that's going to go down. That's something I'm a bit concerned about. How my fellow stags will take my podcasting obsession. We'll see. Hopefully they'll like it. Um, before starting his postgrad. Oh, are, we, are we starting? Yeah, we're recording. Okay, so it's uh, 2004, summertime. Uh, the Football European Championships 2004 was on. It was actually when me and Tim actually started becoming good friends because I knew him through you guys. Uh, but it was that summer he was between his postgrad and starting a job at Lancaster Uni. Uh, Richard was doing curries and Matt was sort of busy and whatnot. So, and I was living in Lancaster in this weird, weird house on my own. And I basically wanted to spend as much time outside of this house as possible. So, uh, and Tim was free and single. So it was 
It was great. We just started hanging out a lot. And like basically hung out with Tim every day for this for a whole summer. We went out. Like anyway, so we had this we had this one night we had this one night at like late summer. Uh, we're in it was it was remember the bar Elemental nightclub, yeah. which yeah. became Toast. Yeah, yeah, Elemental I remember. Yeah. They had the uh, bass lights. Yeah, yeah. Well no, yeah, Elemental they didn't have toast, but they did it Elemental, then it closed down because it was good. So they replaced it with something that was crap. But anyway, we quite liked it. And we had friends. I had, we, met, we made friends with the, the girls that worked there. And we kind of got, we got free in and we got free cocktails and stuff. Like so it was quite good. Uh, so anyway, it was, a, it was a Tuesday night. I don't know why the hell we're in there on a Tuesday night. But um, yeah, we kind of had a few and we were kind of in dancing around and whatnot. I guess we talked to some girls. No idea what happened. But I was kind of stood, like Tim went to the toilet or something. And I was just stood on the dance floor. And like these three teenagers, they're probably about 17, kind of like stood in front of me and said something to me. And I was like, what? And then one of them headbutted me. And I was kind of like stunned. I was like, hey. And then the other one, I had actually, it must have looked so funny because my reaction was so slow. Yeah. My reaction was. Why did he headbutt you? Fuck knows. And then the second one headbutted me. Fuck. And then I was like, ugh. And then I kind of fell backwards. I landed on all these people because it was quite busy. And like they were kind of going to jump on me. I know, but like Tim came swinging in out of nowhere. Wow. Like, like you know, cuff one, grab one, dragged him off. Next Jeez. thing you know, we're in this big brawl. And uh, the bouncers came flying in and, you know, whatnot. And we all got turfed outside. Like all the guys that have been fighting. And, uh, yeah, but it was sort of weird because after that it was like, all oh, right, oh, we're outside now. Oh, that's that then. They were just kind of want, no, I, know, I had to go to the hospital. It's like a big gash. Can you just kind of still see the scar? Yeah. Did they punch you? Is that how the gash happened? No, a headbutt. 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 A headbutt made that scar. Yeah. That's quite a big scar. And uh, yeah, I thought it was quite cool. I was quite happy with it. Uh, yeah, but Tim, uh, he's good in a tight spot. Have you ha- found having a scar makes you more attracted to women? I thought that might be the case, but no one's ever brought it up. <laughs> You're already quite attracted to women, unfortunately. Well, it was this. Before. Maybe, maybe that's so maybe that's sort what of did it. Yeah, maybe. Seriously, he like you know, without didn't even didn't even blink an eye, he jumped right in. Well, that, that's with, good. Like no fear. I like oh, to I'm think sure that that's fear. how I'd be in the situation, but I'm not sure it would be how I'd be. Once yeah. I stopped, oh, once I stopped a man from shouting at a woman in a threatening way. But that's as far as my heroism has ever gone. Something in it. It's something. It depends, doesn't it? You don't know. You may have acted exactly the same in that situation. It's hard to say. I hope so. I've never had to do it. I've never. Well, not since I was like, you know. I find my fight or flight mechanism is confusing. Like sometimes I fly and sometimes I fight, and I never know when the fuck it's going to happen. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. You've never heard that one, Rich. Maybe, maybe I did actually hear it. Yeah. I had like had stitches for a while and a big thing on my eye for like a week. I don't remember you having your stitches and stuff, but I do remember that story a little bit. Yeah, have you ever was glue. Have you ever fought thing. someone okay. as an adult, Richard? I don't think so. <laughs> I'd say it was Tim doing most of the fighting. I was very much falling backwards and defending myself. If you, if the situation had been reversed, do you think you'd have done what Tim did? Yes. I think that's probably true. Actually. I think most people would. Most people. If you saw a friend being set upon, yeah, you'd do yeah. something. You wouldn't yeah, stand there. Yeah, no, that's true. That is true. I, I, I don't think a high opinion of myself in that way. Like, I definitely know, would do that. Yeah. Punch one, then kick the other, and then you know. But you probably. I'd have launched myself in do, there and got beaten up you for do, the team. Well, yeah, yeah. you do something to alter the situation. You yeah. wouldn't stand there. No, true enough. 
No, so you don't remember fighting anyone as an adult? No, the closest I got was uh, when Sarah basically saved my life. <laughs> in what was this? In Liverpool, in Liverpool, walking up Hardman Street, and uh, there was a, a couple, a, two Asian guys, young guys in front of us, walking down the road, and this car pulled out of a, uh, a turning, and the guy went, his window wound down, and we looked at these two guys, and was like, "Fucking packies." Oh fuck! And I thought that's that's no way to behave. He basically turned back down the road. He was driving down the main road, and he was driving quite slowly enough that he was like going at the same speed as these two guys, and sort of giving them the evil eye. So I was giving him the evil eye, and basically doing the the the, the international gesture for wanker. Yeah. Thinking what will happen is pumping his fist in a he'll kind of way. he'll get frustrated, drive off. I'll have some kind of moral upper hand. Those two guys will be left alone, and I'll feel like I saved the day, you know. What happened instead was that he pulled into the next available turning, got out of his car, and so it was like, right, you know, sort of sizing up to me over the other side of the road. His partner, his girlfriend, got out of the other car going, no, no, get back in the car, get back in the car, don't do it, not again, oh God. You're a killer. <laughs> You're a killer. <laughs> you just got out of prison. <laughs> he popped open the boot, took out some kind of blunt, cludgeon type ob oh object. Behind his back comes over oh, the road. Fuck. I'm like, oh my, oh my god, try and make myself look as big as possible. Uh, Sarah, so Richard is one of the most middle class people you've ever seen yeah, or heard. Not beefy in any way. And uh, Sarah, to her infinite uh, credit, she and she was with me, fortunately, Thank god. because she's the, you know, in a fight between a hard nut scouser with a with a blunt object and Richard. <laughs> Richard's not going to win that one. So she had the presence of mind to drag me into the nearby the, the pub we were outside. We went into the pub, up to the bar, and the barman there was like, oh, do you want a drink? And it's like, we sort of looked over at the door, the guy was out the door already in the doorway, like, oh, are you, come out here. And uh, we said, no, actually, we're trying to save ourselves from this guy over there in your doorway, who's... And it, straight away, the guy, the barman was on the phone to the police. Within three minutes, less than three minutes, he was still on the phone and the police like turned up outside the pub. The person who was sat in the window of the pub was coming out giving the, the registration number for the guy who'd already like gone off. It was amazing, like the whole of Liverpool of the, you know, the, the surrounding area. Like That's really amazing. Because I tell you what, right? I've worked, like, I've worked in libraries for a lot of years and there've been a lot of times when there's been really threatening um, situations in those libraries. The police have never come in time to help us at all. So well, that is incredibly lucky. Well, this is Liverpool, Liverpool City Centre, I guess they were kind of really like keyed no, up. I was in Preston. So, yeah. yeah. Right, well, in Liverpool, they were, they, were, they were literally within three minutes, there were people there. And the guy was gone, and like, people, other people were like, putting down the number plate. People stood next to us in the bar saying, Liverpool's not like this, you know, you, we don't only have this trouble. Wow. Blah, 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 you had blah, someone blah. coming along to tell you that the town wasn't like. But this is the guy next to us, you know, the bar. And it was just, wow. It's it amazing. You get wankers like that everywhere, don't you? Yeah, exactly. You could be fucking anywhere in the world. That's right. What's impressive is the police turning up so quickly for me. That's not been my experience. It's not been my experience with the police. Yeah, they're really on it. Liverpool City Centre, I guess because they've had bad, you know, they've had trouble and they've been, they're trying to turn it around and everything else, so they've obviously got a lot of resources. At the time, it wasn't late. It was like, I'm going to guess eight-ish. Was it like a Friday or something? Uh, maybe, maybe like you know one of the prime times. Yeah. 
don't know what you do in that situation. You're just saying, oh, I have no Go idea. Go into how this the pub, I've learned, if this is the right thing to do. Go into a crowded place. Yeah. Don't stand on the side of the road trying to make yourself look big. That's not going to work. When you do it, though, do you not feel like, like I have like this whole, like, my whole life rushes before my eyes. I'm like standing and I'm like, what the fuck am I doing? I'm like completely confused about the fact that I'm doing it, but it's kind of a bit heroic. But right, yeah, exactly. It's not the kind of heroic I ever expected. I, I thought heroic would mean like feeling cool, but actually it's like feeling really like my mind has completely left my body and it's watching me do this shit. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. The body can fight, but the mind is fucking off. Yeah, right now. I'm not feeling this pain. I don't want this. Yeah, yeah. Cause it, yeah, I mean that's the thing about you know the guys who go out and fight all the time. Like, yeah. It's like sort of like recreation. Like they they don't get that stuff, you know. Well, they're like they they'll 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 win in a fight with a guy that hardly ever fights. You know what I mean? It's like yeah, yeah, true. They got, yeah, we really got you know much of it. Yeah. No, he did exactly the right thing. Sarah, who dragged me into the pub, she was the one with the presence of mind to. Yeah, he invited. Kind of like, well, I'm going to stand with this guy. What will be, will be. I'm probably going to get a real hiding here. Were you sort of thinking that the two Asian guys would like run back to help? They were like, oh, this guy's. Uh, no, he stood up for our, our racial rights. I don't. I don't know. I don't think so. I think I kind of. No one thinks that 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 logically yeah, in those events. Clearly, if I was thinking clearly, I got into the pub. But, uh, <laughs> <sighs> There's a lot of people on this stag night. Who are on there? Ah. It's like weekend even. Week, yeah. <laughs> weekend. There are more people on this stag night than yours, Zach. Oh, yeah, that's right. So there you go. Finally, it's proven. Some of the people I'm going with, I've never met before. Uh, but others are some old friends. And they are fellow veterans of uh, Edinburgh. They went with me to Edinburgh a few times. So hopefully there'll be a few other voices narrating this journey to Edinburgh. If they want to be on mic, then you will hear some of my friends talking about their experiences, our experiences together with Edinburgh, talking about the shows we've gone to see, what we thought of them. So, Jed, Richard, you just saw a show, what did you see? Uh, it was called Future Proof. Yeah. Well, the Dundee rep at, uh, it was at the Traverse. And what did you think of it? Good. Piffy review as ever? Um... <laughs> It was, uh, the, the staging was good, yeah. uh, the set was great, performances were all really strong. I'd say there was some script trouble in that the narrative didn't really match up with like the themes and the subtext, okay. I'd say. And I think that we were talking about afterwards, there seems to be, that, I don't know, there seems to be lots of opportunities to find more interesting subplots or to draw out some of the, the sort of more sinister themes or the darker undercurrents and I don't know, or just to add more... More bite, it needed more, more bite, basically. Yeah. And would you recommend people go to see it? Yeah. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I mean, it's interesting, it's an interesting, it's an interesting idea, it's about the kind of a, a freak show, essentially it needs to, it feels like it needs to modernise in order to sort of keep with the changing times and the introduction of Darwin's theories that mean that people suddenly start viewing uh, yeah, people sort of freaks, uh, freaks with, with shame and felt differently about it and needed and so they kind of had this idea of, of demonstrating the ability of the freaks to adapt and improve and integrate into society and that was the that was then the show and it was like a sort of Edwardian travelling freak show I think I guess it was Edwardian 
I think they wanted it to be Victorian, but they had loads of film stuff in it, like early film, silent film stuff. Yeah, so that, that was didn't seem very clear about when it was set, and it yeah. felt like it needed a bit more historical grounding. And for them, they probably didn't think it mattered, but if you're going to do it, do it. You know, get the details, it makes it interesting more interesting. But the show was basically about um, transgender lesbian issues, and it makes that like ridiculously explicit at the end, like laughably. It's the worst ending I've seen for a long time. Bad ending. Really bad ending. I mean, is it worth someone spending their money on it? I mean, that's yeah, the I think so. Because I think um, my cousin, my cousin and her friend really, really enjoyed it. The, the audience really liked it. They got a really good applause. Yes. And you really, you feel like you get your money's worth. Cause it's, it's a set, strong production. Like, yeah, really, really. The Traverse Theatre is a very good theatre. Though. I mean, everything I've seen in the Traverse has been worthwhile at least. Yeah, well, on, at least on one or two levels. Yeah, if not yeah. completely. Well, this this was definitely good on two levels. Okay. Two levels. It was really strong on two levels, I'd say, acting and staging. How many stars did you give it? I gave it a, a good three. A good three. A high three. Out of five. Yeah. Out of five. What would you give it? Yeah, same. Yeah, three stars and a positive write-up. Like, that's sort of vibe. It's not going to blow your mind, but it'll, it'll give you something to think about, and you know, yeah. you'll enjoy it. Mostly. Okay. Well, that's a kind of... Yeah, that's a... Sounds like a fair review. Mm-hmm. If I was, I don't know if I would necessarily spend money on a, a freestyle with a good write-up. It would have been much better if it was an hour long okay. and it cost you nine quid. Yeah. Or if it was oh, still, still an hour and a half, but with those other themes drawn out more, yeah, a bit more danger. Yeah, it was there. lacking. It was lacking uh, meat. Meat, and it was. It didn't have enough plot and narrative to follow it through. A lot of repetition. Too many potatoes, not enough meat. Stay down your poster. Brilliant. Thanks. Okay, so we're about to see Gad, Kirk, and winning. Well, this is awkward. I'll get the reviews from the lads afterwards. See what they think. What is it? It's comedy. What are we watching? Comedy. No, no, stand up. Stand up. Three stand ups, and they're young. Yes. Yeah, young. It says the winners of Student Comedy Awards. Ah, right, okay. Student Comedy Award winners. They to be finalists and winners. Fantastic. Well, we'll tell you what we think after we've seen it. So, I never managed to get uh, the review from all the guys on mic at the time when I came out of the comedy because we had to say goodbye. Uh, and sometimes saying goodbye to friends is more important than podcasting. Rare times. So I think the general feeling was that it was really good, uh, especially for really young people, uh, which all three of the comedians were. I mean, they're like in their really early 20s. And I personally, I'd say two out of three were good. And the other one may get good in later in life. Who knows? But I would definitely recommend going along to it, especially because it's free and it's funny. James Kirk was the one that I thought was the funniest. Uh, I really related to the sort of act he was doing. He had a lot of... Uh, sadness in him a lot of truth in him. and uh you kind of felt sympathy with him and felt sorry for him jed went to see a show this afternoon that's right uh, <laughs> at the traverse the show was called mission drift by a company called team t-e-a-m american company uh and it was sort of mind-blowing uh it's two hours long two hours yeah a bit long i thought yeah, it seemed like it was going to be a bit Worcester Group esque, right? That sort of it, right. If you're an essay about it, it's great, but it's not great but to watch. If you want to watch it, 
It's just it's, it's useless. Okay, well that's it's a useless, pointless, presentational sort of play. So what? A lot of yeah. people standing in front yeah, of microphones. Yeah, everybody basically. Yeah, exactly. Everybody right. turns up. Everyone's still on stage. Starts. Everyone's reading bits of text or you know there's music played from laptops. It's quite cut up, and jumbled. And I thought, okay, this, all right, here we go. Because <laughs> <laughs> I'm not a particular fan of that. Fair enough. Do you like this stuff? Sometimes when it's done well. Yeah, I mean, I don't think I've ever seen it done very well. Yeah, there you and go. And this is by far, by a million, million miles, the best I've seen it done. Oh, good. Yeah. And you kind of, it, it's restated how I think it's actually a viable way of doing theatre. Okay. So the show you saw today, you said something about it being like Hunter S. Thompson. What was it? What was it? Yeah, if I had to summarise it in that way that they do for Hollywood films. Yeah. It would be like if... Hunter S. Thompson collaborated with Jeff Buckley and they made a rock opera about the death of America. <laughs> that's good. No, but it's, and it, it, but I'd say it'd probably turn out better than if they did it. And how many stars would you give it? Oh, five. Wow, that's yeah, good. Yeah, I'd give it five. It's not without its flaws. Not to say it's not flawless. But, um, yeah, powerful and brilliant. Uh, oh well, yeah, and it took me. It, it was. It seemed. It seemed a little long. That's my only complaint. Yeah, uh, well, it's quite expensive. It, 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 really, so you got it really won me over time. as well because I kind of started off and I was like, oh, it's going to be. It's going to be a bit painful. I'm sure, it's interesting, but you know. But I was completely won over. Well, that's like, fine. In the middle, of it, I was like, I love this. I was like, I really love this. It's great. I wish I'd seen that. But I'd already been planning. I was like, right, I'm going to give this a standard innovation when it finishes. Did you? But no, I didn't. Because uh, <laughs> no one because, else like, did. Because we were told it was only going to be an hour and ten minutes long. Uh, and um, because we were going to go and meet you guys. Yeah, to see a show which I saw, which was excellent. Too. So like when I kind of saw that we're an hour in, I was like, wow, this is like this is really great. And I guess they'll be wrapping it up soon. And I was really excited because there's this really powerful piece in the middle. The middle section was just phenomenal. There was just so much going on, so many ideas thrown out and done in such an interesting way. I was like, right, as soon as this finishes, I'm going to, like, go nuts. <laughs> and then, like, it just seems like it just went on for another hour. And I was like, oh, what's this all about? Oh, I've seen films like my that. My enthusiasm sort really of, like, dwindles yeah, somewhat. Yeah. But that's my fault, I think, because the anticipation of... Well, it's their fault for telling you the wrong amount of time. If you know it's two hours, then you'll be prepared for the two hours. Yeah. But, you, I mean, I've, we, we saw a comedy thing earlier on and I thought that was a they said three acts and then they they, did, they all did a collaborative act at the end so you mm-hmm. when the third one was wrapping up you were like oh it's time to go and then they you know they come back on stage and like, oh. yeah you cannot say you're welcome I mean it was still funny but it was, you know, it was unfortunate yeah yeah and two hours non-stop theatre it's not a good idea <laughs> <laughs> do you know what I mean I know what you mean you want, it, you want, you want an interval yeah or I just feel like hour-long plays. That's the best. That is a good thing for Edinburgh. That it, that most of them are like hour-long, aren't they? So you, you I like hour-long shows. Yeah. Like, you could probably... Every play could probably condense to an hour, couldn't it? I don't know about that, Jed. I'm not going to go on record saying I think every play should be condensed to an hour. I, I quite like long theatre pieces, but I can, I, I can understand why, why... I mean, I also enjoy hour-long ones. In Edinburgh, I like hour-long ones. It means you can fit more into your day. I think what I prefer is um, so you have more theatre because yeah. it's not like I just want it to be an hour long uh, if it was like three plays two plays 
separate place like short stories yeah yeah that, 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 that's, that'd be good look further yeah, fair enough for me yeah. I don't know if I mean this but it's what I'm thinking about at the moment <laughs> it's just what you feel at this yeah. moment in time uh, yeah so yeah it was uh, it was yeah it was yeah, brilliant well my recommendation is the one I saw Translunar Paradise by Theatre Ad Infinitum where's that? that was what this year? that's in the Pleasance Dome was the show I saw oh, that's the one you saw it was amazing it was like I don't know it was like um, it was masks but they were really good masks okay. they, they looked um, like real old people when they had the old people on and it was cool. kind of a ghost story a bit magical realist um, and like I said like like the first t- 20 minutes of Up intentionally no I don't know if it was intentional but what I mean is because like that in the first 20 minutes of the film Up by Pixar they tell the whole story of a romance don't they from like yeah, when they're young to when they're old try to copy maybe that. maybe I mean Ape it didn't it it, it, maybe well, possibly they really liked it. maybe it was an influence on what they did but I mean it, what they did was I mean there was no dialogue it was all um, I guess mo- you could say mime but I don't want to put people off by saying mime because they, they'd get the wrong idea it's just really really physical, physical um, images and really like the the, the mask sort of thing was all sort of when they had the masks on they were old people when they took them off they were the, the young versions but sometimes they were kind of ghosts going in and out of being young or sort of flying all around the room around yeah, each other like wires no 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 just with the mask you know like just oh. and there was a woman playing an accordion all the time she was like it's always an accordion isn't it was, it? but it was really good oh, I saw a show earlier today that had, was, was all accordion music yeah but this accordion was really good with accordions as well but he was making this, they were making the sound yeah, of the ghost by going like that was making the ghost sounds and you never get banjo? it was also a war sound you just, sometimes you get banjos banjos I've never good. seen a play with a banjo well maybe you Is need to make one there maybe you need to make a, one yeah, well, mate, there you go. It's really exciting. There's, there's Monica. One, arm, one like man show, mad, just mad, Jed, Jed and a banjo. Yeah, I can't play it. You can play the banjo, can't you? I can't play the banjo. Well, I know people who ukulele. can. I can play the ukulele. Same thing. Yeah, but everyone plays ukulele these days. Really? Yeah. I don't. Well, no, <laughs> that's true. Okay. Well, yeah, my, so my that's my recommendation is Theatre Adding and Items, uh, Translunar Express. I, I'm, I'm not sure of the title, though. Don't, don't necessarily like that title. Or, yeah, also, it doesn't trip off the tongue. The poster to uh, Mission Drift, the one I saw. Yeah. Was rubbish. Yeah. So much so that I wanted to like, like after the show, go and tell them, change that poster. It's awful. Because I would not have come to see it. Those little details do make a difference, don't they? Yeah. And so fortunately, that's all you have to go on, especially someone you know, in the fringe. Yeah. You basically all you're going off is the poster and like a couple of lines of blurb that's it yeah that's true oh. well thanks Jed uh, yeah I'm, I think we should both get you know, some rest now it's been, a, it's been a hard weekend banjo banjo my recommendation if you're at the fringe this year go and see Translunar Paradise and that's made by Theatre Ad Infinitum and it's at the Pleasance Dome and it's on at 3.40 every day and it's an hour and 15 minutes and it was just great. I haven't seen something really, really good in the theatre for a long time, and it was really, really nice to see. All of those shows will still be in Edinburgh. If you're coming up to Edinburgh, or you're currently in Edinburgh when you're hearing this, all of these shows should be there. So the shows featured in this show, please 
go along and see what you think of them if we say nice things about them then that would be a good recommendation and if we say bad things about them well that doesn't necessarily mean that they're bad it just means that's our subjective opinion so you should go out and check them out and see what you think if you've got the time the money and the opportunity but i mean obviously prioritize things that you think are going to be really good but we you might think from our our descriptions that we're completely idiotic and you might want to go and see them because we think they're bad you might think they're good don't know if we'll think anything's bad not if that's in the future to me don't know what's going to happen there back to a week before the festival in my back garden getting better acquainted with lily so you went to see a lot of free stuff um yeah i did it's always a mixed bag but then again the paying stuff is always a mixed bag yeah definitely the paying stuff is definitely a mixed bag the free fringe does give people an opportunity to be exper- more of an opportunity to be experimental, but I, I still think that from what I've seen, the, there's no like you get the same ratio of decent shows to not so good ones in the free stuff than you do as you do in the kind of top of the range premium yeah. stuff. It kind of affirms what you want to believe, which yeah. is nice. Um, but I was lucky because I'd the people I was up there with, a lot of them had already seen various comedy groups for example so I was lucky in that I had people saying oh you should come and see this yeah and their judgment nine times out of ten was pretty good yeah it's good especially I always found if there's you know because I've got friends who I trust their opinion of Mm. as well and and if they've if they've been there for the week before and you come that's the the best situation because they know all the good people yeah it's, it's a bit like um, you know having a Sherpa when you you know if you're going to climb Mount Everest and you um, it's it's a bit like having a, a sort of a mountain guide to guide you through the like all the tricky parts of the festival and the bits where you might sort of go a bit wrong and go go to the wrong thing and someone says no no you don't you know that sounds good but you don't want to go there when I went there and did a show myself it was great you get money off things in the same venue as you mm-hmm. and you go to, to parties with different people and it, mm-hmm. it, it can be quite a good networking event I guess but I'm not too keen on the concept of networking but yeah. it was fun anyway what kind of show were you doing oh, there? I, I, t- um, I took a theatre show uh, it was a devised performance about our relationship to time it was called A Stitch uh, and it was yeah it was uh, it, it, we broke even which is yeah, hard that's that's pretty that's yeah. pretty impressive actually yeah. yeah so we were we were pleased with that definitely and it was a great experience i uh and it, it, what was amazing about it was just because i was do, we were doing the show for two weeks or i think it was might have even been three weeks every day mm. you know you sort of unlocked something in like because normally when you do theater stuff when you're a kid you mm. have a couple of performances, like three nights or something. You don't do a big extended run, you know. Whereas no, we, so- yeah. I was, we sort of unlocked this kind of capacity to, you know, do a show and then go and see three shows and all that stuff. Yeah. Um, and it was, you know, a really good experience. You suddenly find that you you start running off adrenaline when you're there because you are doing far more things than you could normally cope with in your life at yeah. once. Um, but, but somehow it works, yeah. and, and you achieve this um i think because you're so partly because you're so tired you you get to this point where all the ideas merge together and you have you can have some it can like you said it can be very inspiring because i suppose all those barriers that your brain normally has the energy left over to put up in your head and in your thought processes when you all the normal thought processes that your brain normally has the energy left over to run they disappear because you're you're surviving on four hours sleep for several yeah, days at a time that's right and you know, um, these. Um, I remember last year I lived off practically lived off these kind of caffeine and vitamin C sachets yeah. from Boots, and um, and I was horribly, horribly ill the weekend I left. 
Um, but yeah, it, it, you have all those barriers removed, and in a way, that's quite a good thing because they're functional barriers normally, but they they can inhibit creativity. Yeah, that, that, that's well. that's right. I mean, it was just, I mean, and as, as well, we were like flyering in the day and going to shows and, and and like I say, parties and stuff. And I don't know that the the capacity to take notes like after shows and put them into practice the next day mm-hmm. just seemed really much much higher you know you only needed to be told something once and you'd be it was like my mind felt like constantly on like Mm. at all times and when we were doing the show it became like second nature to do the show and easy to adapt the show as well so by the end uh the last day we were there one of the the members of the group um she was sick and she couldn't do the show so Mm. we had to redo the show without her in it uh, and I sort of did some of her part and stuff like this, and yeah. I, I didn't realise that I had it in me to sort of be that a bit to have that ability to to, to adapt to things yeah. so well, and it was it was kind of an eye opener. And I guess that was, I mean, I was what twenty or something, twenty one, so it was an important lesson to learn. It's about a strange moment that happens every year in Edinburgh, the Edinburgh Fringe Festival. As far as I know, Edinburgh isn't like that the rest of the time. I've only ever seen Edinburgh in the Fringe. That's my only experience of Edinburgh. Maybe I'll be talking to some people about their experiences of Edinburgh when they're not in the Fringe. Maybe we'll get some of that on the show. Getting better acquainted with Frank at the University of Edinburgh. We are currently recording this when the Edinburgh Festival is on. Mm -hmm. Living in Edinburgh, how do you find the experience of the festival happening? Um, I'm ambivalent. (laughs) (laughs) I, 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 I like... Um, so there's there's a lot of a lot of parts of the festival that I like, um, especially the the Fringe Festival yeah. uh, with all the free comedy acts. So last year I went to see um, people like Helen Arney, uh, who plays the ukulele, and um, yeah. Robin Inns, um, who else? Helen Keane, who has a new show coming up that she wants me to promote on the fifteenth of August. No, this is probably going to come out after the fifteenth of August. Well, no, I mean I can I'll, I'll probably use a bit of this in my Edinburgh Fringe roundup. So if you have any recommendations, but there's also a Bright Club coming up. Do you do you know what I Bright Club? I to the is? Bright Club Club podcast. Yeah. yeah. So so for your listeners, it's it's uh, sort of science scientists doing stand up basically. Yeah. On science topics. And um, so they, they, they used to only do it in London, but uh, they've, they've only just started doing them here in Edinburgh. And there's going to be one that's, I think, sponsored by the BBC that's going to be during the festival. Ah, good. So, so that should be quite fun. So, so I like those parts, the going to the shows. Um, but then um, all those people. I, I, I guess you get a bit um, territorial when you live in a place for, 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 for some certain amount of time. So now I consider myself almost like a local. Yeah, and then all those, all those tourists come. And my girlfriend lives on the Royal Mile. Ah, that must be hell in the yeah. That is because they have the tattoo at the castle, obviously. So every night at, uh, I think, five o'clock, they they start queuing up outside. And you have somebody with a megaphone going, the queue is that way. Everybody with a ticket, please go that way (laughs) for like half an hour. And then they go up to the castle and then you hear the the booms of the cannons and of the, the firework. And then um, there's even they, they even have a jet that 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 kind of strafes the the castle yeah. every night or at least in the weekends, and um, yeah, and it lasts until eleven o'clock. So so there's no going to sleep before almost midnight and in the Royal Mile at this time of the year. 
Because that's what I was thinking. I was thinking I've never, I've never been to the, I've never been to Edinburgh when it's not been the fe- festival. So, oh, so, so you don't even. So, so for me, yeah. the city is always it's alive always like with all this crazy stuff going on, <laughs> and everywhere you go, there's a, a, a there's a venue and there's something mm. happening, and it's really exciting. And I love that, but I wouldn't love that if I lived here. I don't think because I would be like, oh, I want to yeah. just live my normal life. But it's 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 <clears> only the center really down where I live, uh, which is just just. Well, halfway between here and the other uh, university campus, mm. which is slightly outside the city, um, it, it's it's actually quite quiet. There's no tourists that come down that way. It's just the Royal Mile and the Prince Princess Street that, that yeah, get all they the, get tourists. the tourists. Yeah. And I mean, have you seen any shows this year that that you'd recommend? Not yet. No, uh, haven't had time. It's very um, it's very soon on in the festival. It's only the second day, also the third day. So yeah, that's to be expected. Really. Um, I'm I am going to so we're going to see um, Phil Jupiter's. Okay. He's, yeah. Yeah, he's sort of a minor, minorly well known. Well, I don't. He was I don't, on never, medium well known. Yeah, he's on never mind the buzzcocks and stuff. We yeah. we consider going to see him, the people I'm with, but uh-huh. we, we chose Card Ninja in the end. But yeah. Okay, sounds interesting. Um, and so then the Bright Club event, I managed to get tickets for, and oh, and the book festival is on. Um, so I, I I read a lot of fantasy and science fiction. So uh, Neil Gaiman, I don't know if you know him. I know him very well. Well, yeah. no, I don't know him personally, unfortunately, but I, yeah, I know him. Yeah, he wrote the Sandman comic books and, and, and uh, oh, American Gods, which is yes. one of my favorite uh, fantasy works. Yes, uh, he's going to talk about that. I think I think it's yeah I think it is actually American Gods. He's going to have a conversation with somebody about American Gods. Fantastic. Well, I think that, that's that's my in my opinion that's his best book. Uh, although the Sandman comics do come quite quite close, to it, but yeah. Yeah, I, I like it a lot. Uh, not sure if I would call it his best book. These days, there's a free fringe, the PBS free fringe, which MJ Hibbert's show and a few other shows that are going on are part of. Right. So I'm here with MJ Hibbert. Hello. I've just seen his show. I very much enjoyed it. You were just telling me about the fact that you come down as the free fr- as yes, part of the free yes, fringe. Yes. Now the free fringe wasn't around when I did the show back in back in the day, ten years ago. No. Uh, well, yeah, it was. Was it? Yeah, it's been going since 1996. Ah. But it's um, got a lot bigger over ah, the past, past okay. few years. Yeah. I think it started with one show, and now it's a hundred. No, there's a 39. And that was one show in one venue. Now it's 39 venues, and. About a thousand shows or something mad. Wow, like that. it's incredible, incredible. But yeah, no, as I was just saying to you, I mean, it's been marvellous, really, because this is our first year on the free fringe, and we've done like we've run our own venue and we've been in like sort of corporate groupings. But this has been beautiful because we've like we turned up yesterday and all the acts who are playing in the venue had to arrive and help set the venue. Well, basically set the venue, up. and so now it feels like the room in there that. We, we made that room that's our venue yeah, and it's yeah. been done to how we the performers are and it's really nice because it's like you sort of feel like you're all you're all in it together and we all know each other so we can all help each other out and every sort of point in this, it's, it's, it's gorgeous it's, it just makes you feel like you're a part of something that's actually really really good that's fantastic rather than hanging around with well you know people who are here to get jobs as children's yeah. teams so, so you, yeah. you don't get any you, you don't get any pay from doing the free fringe, but you don't have to pay out any money. So that's, that's right, kind yeah. of perfect yeah. payoff. The, the venues give the rooms for free. Uh, you can get in for free. You know, it's free to be part of the free fringe. Everything is free. Fantastic. That's really good. Have you seen any shows that you would recommend? Uh, yeah, we did. We saw um, uh, Four Sad Faces we saw today. Four Sad Faces. They are a sketch troupe uh, who we've been going to see pretty much every year we've been up as well. Because uh, they started as uh, sort of a student group. 
and uh, they were brilliant. They've been we've watched them grow and watched them develop. Oh wow! And they were very, very, very funny. I, I would highly recommend. Where are they playing? They're playing the Cannons Gate at quarter past one. Fantastic. And, uh, and we saw Richard Herring yesterday. Oh yeah, that's back, right. Back, I saw back, that on Twitter. And, and, and was, is that good? Was that good? Yeah, it's brilliant actually. Yeah, but he's, he's best yet. Really? MJ Hibbert. Put that on. A there you go. Yeah. He can stick that on a poster. Yeah, exactly. okay. <laughs> Fantastic. Well, thanks very much for the brief uh, conversation. I'll let you get back to your celebration, and because uh, sh- it should be a celebration. I really, really mean it. And S- Steve, I really enjoyed the show. Thank you. It was very enjoyable. That's the other half of the Moonhorse team. He, he's nearly as good as me. <laughs> Fantastic. Thanks very much, Mark. And I've got to get back to this stag do business. But thank you. Cheers. Of course. See you soon. Uh, Richard Tyrone Jones, who's also been on Getting Better Acquainted, is doing some shows in Edinburgh this year. So check out his conversation to see if you fancy those. I can recommend his Richard Tyrone Jones has a big heart show. Unfortunately, he's not doing that in Edinburgh this year but if you want to see it in Edinburgh you can donate to it and you go to bit.ly forward slash fund RTJ which stands for Richard Tyrone Jones and you can see how to crowdfund that project for a tour and a fantastic run at the Edinburgh Festival in 2012 maybe epiphanies maybe epiphanies don't last forever maybe you just feel a good way everything makes sense for a little while in your life and then that goes away again Uh, and that happens repeatedly maybe that is the case maybe that's what life is but at the moment I'm in the middle of a kind of epiphany moment that's been spurred by this podcast generally as the series goes on there's going to be a lot more that you'll hear and that'll make more sense of why I feel the way I do but Really, the important thing to me at this moment in time here in Edinburgh at the festival and the Friends Stag Night is that the epiphany's happened and I do feel like a happier person at the moment and maybe like a better person. And that's as a result of this series, doing this series, talking to people, talking to my mum, talking to my friends, talking to my family, talking to people I don't know. Um, has taught me a hell of a lot about myself and about what I need to do to make myself a better person, the things I need to work on to make myself a better person, uh, and also that I can be happy and that it is possible for me to be happy. I'm on a stag night with a load of kind of guys that aren't the normal kind of guys I hang out with, and they're all nice people, and a lot of people are nice people, not everyone, but most. You know, I don't know if most people are nice people, but everyone's got something nice about them. And the people I'm hanging out with, they're nice people, they're different from me. But there doesn't have to be a division between me and them. There can be understanding, even if we're different kinds of people. And that's what this show's about, and that's what this show has taught me. And it's something I always kind of, I believed in ideologically, but I didn't think was real. But now it becomes clear to me that it is real to a certain extent, that you can understand people who are different from you. And part of that's to do with being confident in yourself and knowing your own self and being prepared to put yourself out there on the line and be honest with people and then people will be honest back to you. And I was in the middle of this nightclub and I was sober and there was a group of men 
all together being drunk, who I was with, and there was a room full of people dancing, and you know, with all of their insecurities out and all of their happinesses out and all of their sadnesses out, just dancing away. And I sort of was in the middle of this room, but I wasn't really a part of it. And in the past, I would have just felt anger and hatred and bitterness about this situation. I'd be like, nobody's really happy. So there's a load of people in the dance floor. And I don't fit in with them. Normally I'd feel they're all sad and they're inside and they, they don't, they're not showing it, they're all pretending and they're not really happy. Or I would have felt um, everyone's happy and I'm not happy. But the thing is, I didn't feel that everyone was happy and I wasn't, or that everyone was sad and they were pretending they weren't sad. I looked around the room, I thought, here's a load of people having a good time. The music's good and everyone's having a good time. And some people aren't having as good a time as others and some pe there'll be sadnesses within that, but it's real, it's not extreme. It's a collection of different emotional states in a room, which is generally a happy room. And I looked around, and even the people who were dancing, and they're insecure, and there were some girls kissing each other to try and impress some guys, and they were clearly only doing it really because of pornography and culture, and because they were young and they were naive. They weren't kissing properly. They were kissing reluctantly, but trying to make it look sexy. And they were obviously, they had complications in their life, and they obviously hadn't got a handle on what it is to be doing this stuff, being a being confident in themselves but they were having a good time as well you know there was happiness with joy within that insecurity you know and that was great that was a beautiful thing and there was a lot of that around happiness within the insecurity because a nightclub is a very insecure place and I guess the other thing I sort of felt was you know happy in myself where I am that I could just smile and enjoy other people's happiness and I didn't have to feel like I fitted in because it didn't matter that I didn't fit in. It didn't matter at all. It doesn't matter because I, <laughs> I'm me and I can be me out to those people and they can be them back to me. There's no reason for me to try and pretend and dance if I don't want to dance. And I just sort of smiled, sort of stood there kind of smiling quite a lot. Just happy that I wasn't young anymore because being young is hard and it wasn't fun for me and it, I think I'm going to enjoy being older more because I kind of know who I am now and that's a that's a good thing to do and to know so I'm really glad that that's that's happened here in Edinburgh where I've had a lot of other times in my life that have been fantastic up to now You know, my friends are growing up, they're getting married, they're having kids, and I'm choosing not to do those things. But we're all going through life and getting older, and we're all learning our own lessons and trying to work out our own times. And uh, you never stop trying to work things out. But you get to a point maybe where you don't mind and you're comfortable with the fact that you're going to always be trying. But you know, like I say, maybe I won't think this in a year's time. Maybe I won't remember this.
in a year's time, which I guess is what part of the reason why I'm laying this down on recording. Because I want to remember and I want other people to consider what I'm saying. And like, it sounds cheesy and it sounds stupid and all that stuff, but part of the reason for this project being a public thing where people can listen to it. Part of the reason for that is if I learn some stuff about myself and you get to listen to the things that I learn, then that's transferable. That, that can help you to, to come to your own conclusions and find your own way through life and maybe some of it will be helpful. And whether it's helpful or not, it'll be artistically valuable and kind of dramatic and maybe a bit moving and all that stuff that matters and that I, I guess that I, uh, that I kind of really enjoy doing, I really enjoy exploring truth I guess and what it is to be a human being and I like to do that in fiction and now I'm doing it and applying it to myself <laughs> and I guess I'm becoming the fiction for my own kind of story but I'm enjoying that and I'm enjoying the story that I'm telling. So it's day two of my time at the Fringe, Sunday morning. I'm in a calf and I've got a little bit more of a sense of the shape of the show that I've been recording. It strikes me that this show is probably more like getting better acquainted with the Edinburgh Fringe Festival rather than Edinburgh itself. Voices you'll be hearing include Richard and Jed, both of who have full hour-length GBAs coming up later in the series. I recorded Jed's on the way up here, actually, on the train. And Tim, who's the reason I'm here. It's his stag do. You'll hear from him, and he's got a show coming out later in the series, too. It's raining outside. Reminds me of standing in the middle of the Royal Mile, which is the big street here in Edinburgh, where all the flyering happens, and you walk down, you get, by the end of the street, you have, you know, a hundred flyers in your hands, and you've seen five different weird things that companies have done, and some, heard some music, and seen some people doing some stuff. And I remember standing there in the middle of the, that Royal Mile, in a sandwich board, in the pouring rain, holding flyers, desperately trying to get people to take them off me so I could go and get dry. These days I don't have to stand in the rain. I can sit inside the caps and eat sausage and bacon rolls, which I'm going to do now. So I'm on the train back from Edinburgh and it was really good. After a whistle-stop tour of two days, it really gave me the bug for the place again. Uh, made me want to come back again properly go and see some shows or even take some shows there who knows if that'll be a realistic goal we'll see next year but it was really nice to go back there and to get uh, better acquainted with what I loved about it halfway through the day I got a sudden intense tiredness and hangover in the middle of a theatre show well a comedy show it's always really annoying when you're trying to keep your eyes open when you're watching something that you paid to see and you can just feel them dropping and you spit on your fingers and rub the spit into your eyes to try and keep your eyes awake open and even that doesn't work and then you 
fail and fall asleep. So I'm not necessarily the upbeat person that I began this journey as, but that doesn't mean I'm unhappy. It just means I need to work some alcohol out of my system and maybe get some sleep. So as I travel back from Edinburgh to King's Cross with uh, the three friends I began this journey with, although I'm only sitting by one of them, the other two are split up around the train, I'll say goodbye. Hope you enjoyed the show and all of the reviews and check out the shows recommended. Ah, bye. You can find Getting Better Acquainted on Twitter at GBA Podcast. You can find it on Facebook. It's Getting Better Acquainted. Have a search on Facebook and like it. Or you can find it on the website www.gettingbetteracquainted.co.uk You can also subscribe by searching on iTunes and subscribing to us that way. There are lots of ways to get better acquainted.